Hi there, and welcome to Chimp Chat, a podcast aimed at helping you get the very best from your MailChimp account, brought to you by those clever chimps at Chimp Answers, a MailChimp Pro partner. MailChimp email marketing is just what we do. Hello everyone and welcome to Chimp Chats where every week we give you the lowdown on how to get more from your email marketing and MailChimp along with updating you on anything going on in the email marketing world which we think that you need to pay attention to. My name is Robin Adams and I'm your host and I'm the owner of Chimp Answers which is a specialist MailChimp marketing agency and today I'm joined again by our resident MailChimp supremo Vicky Glass. How are you doing today Vicky? I'm all right thank you. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Went to the gym this morning and and my shoulders currently feel like they're um, rather stiff. So fortunately, the joy of doing this is that I don't actually have to move my arms too much. Otherwise, you know, kind of like anything above there is a problem. So uh, we'll try and keep it <laughs> Anyway, so anyway, cut, let's cut the chat and let's actually get to the reason the people here. And let's focus in on our question of the week. And the question of the week this week is how do you actually get the email that you're sending opened? All right now, this actually is really, really important because we spend a lot of time talking about getting into the inbox, avoiding spam folder. We discussed deliverability, I think it was two weeks ago. And then last week, we yeah. talked about how you can actually get your email to stand out once it's been opened. But there is obviously a little step between those. When I say a little step, it's actually a very big step in the fact that once you've got it into the inbox, you want to get the email opened because to be quite frank, if you don't get the email opened, what was the point of sending it in the first place? You know, it's kind of like, it's a bit redundant. The whole purpose of sending an email is because you want someone to open it. Okay. Now, before we get too deep into the subject of how you actually get people to open your emails and the things that you can do, I think one thing that we definitely need to cover is, is, is basically how people, how do you know that someone's opened the email? So when you're actually tracking your emails, you know, how can you actually find out whether someone's an opened an email? And, and in actual fact, this is becoming increasingly difficult at the moment. So Vicky, do you want to just briefly explain traditionally how MailChimp, or to be quite frank, any system for that matter, actually knows that an email has been opened? Um, so um, in a way, they put a, a small image in your email. They embed it usually at the end. Some people do it at the top. So it's a small one pixel by one pixel image, really small. You can't see it. And that's embedded in your email. And once you open it, then that pings a message back to go, right, this email's been opened. They view this image and the email has been opened. And that's typically how they do it, just by checking that an image is loaded in your email once you've opened it. Exactly. So, you know, that's how you track an email, it's how any system tracks it. But this actually has a problem because basically the first thing you've got is that sometimes that pixel doesn't, or that image doesn't get pulled from MailChimp. So it doesn't get pulled because of the fact that uh, you may have got, you'd be using an email system, say like Outlook or whatever, which doesn't upload images. Now, if it doesn't upload images, you don't know whether they've actually opened that email. So that's going to give you a problem. And then on the other side, you've got times where, and we've seen this quite a lot in our Facebook group, people come in and go, why is this person showing has opened my email 60 times? And some of them are going, woohoo, it's opened 60 times. And others go, this can't be right. But again, it's because of the fact that they're tracking the pixel. So what you actually need to understand is that every time that pixel gets approved, so for example, I use, I use Mac and I use Mac Mail for my 
work email. So every time MacMail loads up the image of that email or that email itself in the preview mm -hmm. window, it's going to go, oh, let's grab those images and it's going to pull them in and again and again and again. And that's the reason why you get, you know, 50, 60, 70 opens for some people. It's because not they're just opening the email each time. It's because they're showing the preview function. And this is why kind of like, you know, there's a lot of challenges when it comes to how accurate an open rate is. And one of the reasons why I try and certainly, you know, advise a lot of the people that I speak to that you can't get too bogged down in open rate. It's an indication but it's not necessarily a, what I call an accurate statistic because of the reasons. And that's just today. You know, Vicky, we talked about this the last couple of weeks. There are new mm. developments in privacy, which are going to make this even harder. Oh, yes. Um, it's been an interesting few weeks. If uh, I think it's been a couple of weeks now also since it's been announced. And um, yes, Apple are now um, going to implement a system where they open everyone's email before they actually gets to the inbox. Um, you're, you have to opt in, I think, for this or opt out. One of the, you have to opt out. So if you don't opt out or opt in, one of, but you have to, I think you have to opt in. Um, but it's going to be then they're going to tell you, oh, we're going to implement this new privacy policy. And the likelihood is most people are going to go, oh, I like this because I don't want people tracking me. So they're going to opt into this. And it means Apple will open everyone's email. If you're using Apple Mail, your email will get opened um, higher up before it gets to you, which means everyone using Apple Mail will just show as having opened an email. You, will, you wouldn't get to know who has actually opened your email. It would just show as many people have opened it. And yeah, it's it's been a hit for people that rely on open rates, let's just say. Yeah, and it's just going to make it harder and harder. And I think yeah. certainly one of the things that, you know, when we've been talking about it separately is just understanding that open rates, I wouldn't say it's a false statistic, but it's certainly not really one that's as reliable and it's going to become less reliable and really concentrating on things like clicks and clicks and, and the revenue earned from revenue and other bits and pieces, which all feed through to MailChimp. Uh, it kind of like, you know, those are what you're going to be focusing on. But having said all of that, we still need to get the open. We may not be able to accurately know whether we've got the open and we may need to reply, rely on things like clicks and bits and pieces, but we still need to get the email opened, okay? So, what are the key things that you need to consider when you're writing and sending your email when it comes to uh, getting the open? And the first thing I wanna just briefly talk about is that you've gotta remember what email is all about. Uh, and I often like an email to gambling. There are no absolutes. There's no you're going to win or you're going to lose. It's it's kind of like shades of grey. And what you need to do when you look at your sending your email, because if you've got a database, you're sending it to hundreds or thousands of people, you're not going to get every single one of them opening uh, uh, or not opening for that matter. So what you need to do is you need to look at all the things we're talking about today. There are things that are going to stack the odds in your favour. There are no absolutes. It's about things that you can control. And if you follow and do these things, you're going to, how shall we say, uh, improve your chances of success. And that's all we can do with email marketing is it's, it's a great it's a great tool, but there ain't any absolutes. You really need to just focus on doing good best practices to improve. So with that in mind, Vicky. What would you say is the first thing that most people gravitate to when it comes to things that they can do to influence people opening an email? Um, I think it's if you try to um, 
create interest in your subject line so um, peak interest by um, being a bit vague or just leaving something off or leave people hanging so you use a subject line that I think is the term people you might see around is blind subject lines so you leave people thinking oh what's this about it makes them curious so using subject lines that um, you know leave people really interested to know what actually is in the content of the email is the first thing pe um, people go to so vague things like oh the uh, the dog ate my cat or something people go oh oh whose dog and whose cat are they eating and they'll open your email just to find out what that's all about um so that's one of the first things people naturally go for um also it sometimes helps to be direct as well because if you just go to someone like right, this email is about my top five tips on this people will go right I know what that's about and I want to hear, I want to read more about that email because it's told it's told me exactly what I'm going to be getting so I'll open that email. So sometimes being direct also works and um, using merge tags as email in emails as well um, is also quite a good one. So you personalize that email, you can put their first name in there, any other data you have on them, you can put in that email subject line, that works as well. So personalizing it and emojis are also a good one as well because um, you know, sometimes it helps to, it makes it a bit, a bit less formal, so slightly informal email, that might, that helps and it brightens up the subject line, personally, I find anyway. Um, yeah. No, no, did I, I, think, I, I went more than one point there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I agree completely. Everything you said there, that kind of like from my, and, and this is one of the things I'm testing at the moment. So you've got blind subject lines and direct subject lines. So in our regular newsletter that we're sending out, I'm communicating to people and I'm saying to people uh, or I'm giving people the option. So half of my database is getting a blind subject line, which is, you know, kind of like, like you say, not directly related to the subject matter, but is a curiosity type subject line. Yeah. And then the other half are just getting this video. This is there's a video in this email and this is what the video says. And it's interesting to see. And, you, and this is one of the great things about MailChimp is the fact that you can A, B test your activists, and I'm sure we'll be talking about testing in a future episode, but you want to actually make sure that you're testing some of these things because these are the types of things that will have a big impact because if you can get an extra, you know, five or 10, you know, percent of your database opening your email, that's going to have a knock on than every other statistic down the track in terms of the clicks, the engagement, all those bits and pieces. So you really want to focus on, you know, good things in the subject line is important, but I'll, I'll throw this to you. Do you, how important are subject lines anyway? Because at times I think compared to some of the things that we're just about to go, go into, I think subject lines kind of like, there's a little bit too much emphasis on subject lines sometimes. Um, sometimes, yes, especially when it, you know, people focus on it so much that they make it a misleading subject line. That is a kind of worms that really, it really irritates me when that happens. Uh, but there is so much more that goes on in that little preview that people see in that little when you think about when your email goes into an inbox what do they see so you need to think about the overall not just the subject line anything else on there is what you need to focus on and make it all um sort of looking for cohesive i think um so there are important but there there are a lot more that you can do to help it as well Exactly. And what we're going to do is when we finish this, uh, this answering this question, we'll focus on what, what we feel are, are our own top five of, of the tools that you've got available to get into the inbox. 
So there's subject lines. And like I said, we, there's lots of things you can do with subject lines. And we really would recommend if you're not testing your subject lines, you want to be testing them regularly. Another tool that you've got, which is something that MailChimp have made a little bit easier over the last year or so, is something that is the preview text. All right. So basically, mm -hmm. if you think of when you receive an email on your phone, usually you'll see who it's from, you'll see the subject line, and then you'll see two lines of text. Those two lines of text are essentially your preview text. Now, if you don't use MailChimp's preview text box, what MailChimp will do, well, they'll basically put the first two lines of your email. And it always used to really bug the hell out of it. And even now when I see it, is the bit where I open, when I look at my email box, and in the preview line, it says, view this email in browser. And I was like going, this is possibly one of the most valuable real estate you've got in someone's inbox. You've got these two lines. So you've got your name, the subject line, and then you've got two lines of text. And you're wasting those two lines of text on view email in browser. It's like if I see view email in browser, I know it's a marketing email. And I'm not really going to be that interested in it probably because they haven't paid attention. So you want to make sure that you're using preview text in all of your emails because it's another way of getting the email opened. Remember... Don't get the email opened, you're not going to get any benefit from sending it. So in terms of preview text, again, use things, you know, you can tie preview text back to the subject line, as it were, uh, if you're using, say, a blind subject line. Also, what you can actually do is you can balance off the direct subject, uh, balance off. So you could say a direct subject line in the, as the main subject line, and then a blind preview line, which is kind of like, so the first line says, open this email and watch this video. And then underneath it says, you know, and learn why, you know, my cat's chasing my dog all the time or whatever. So you can blend the two together. But again, the whole idea is that you need to get some form of curiosity and get someone to open those emails. All right. So preview text is important. Right. What's the next uh, uh, asset that we can uh, uh, flex, shall we say? Um, so you've got the preview text and you've also got your um, your name. So the sending name or the sender's name, um, per se. Um, so this is also quite crucial because, you know, I'm Vicky. And if I just send an email as Vicky, there are, yes, you know, there are lots of Vickys around in the world. So that's not going to tell anyone who this is and why they should open it. Why is this Vicky more important than the other Vicky that emailed me the other day? Um, so sending name is really good um, to make that personalized, to make people remember who the email is from. Um, I also build your reputation as well. So rather than just saying Vicky, you would say Vicky from Coded Vector or Vicky from Chimpanzas or Vicky from add your company or maybe if you don't have a company name or you think there's a more relevant um, thing to add there you could add where they met you or you could say Vicky you met me at the webinar if you want to be exciting about it but yes Vicky and something else that will make them remember who you are so your name I mean and obviously not Vicky because not everyone's Vicky now I, I actually think this is probably this is I actually think this is much more important than kind of like subject line and preview line type because it's actually it's your reputation it's your your and kind of like to be blunt I, I always say this you're only as good as your last email so if I send an email to you today and you open it and you read it and it's really interesting and engaging you go wow that's fantastic and then I send you another email tomorrow when you get that email tomorrow and you see it's from me 
you're immediately going to go, oh, the email that Robin sent yesterday was really, really good. So I've got to, I'm, I'm pretty confident that this is going to be a good email as well. And I think this is something that, you know, kind of like, you know, that this concept of you're only as good as your last email, as your reputation, is something that people forget. And that's why the actual sending name, you know, when I look in my inbox, the first thing I look at is I don't look at subject line and preview line. I look at who it's from. And immediately start drawing conclusions of whether I should open that email or not, purely based on the name. So you need to concentrate on building that reputation, which is your sending name, as it were, your brand, uh, to make sure that that's going to get your email open. That's that's massively important in my book. Okay, so... Sorry, on a quick thing I just remembered about that, actually. There are some businesses that are very formal. They probably don't want to send it from Tim, the managing the managing the, the director or something like that. But what I've seen is they use their welcome sequence to, to have a mascot. So they have a mascot for the email and go, hi, this is going to be an email from a shark, um, from, um, from Sharky this week or something. Yeah. So they give one of the emails personality and give, it, give a sender's name and have a mascot on there. So if you're thinking, oh, my business is too formal, I don't want to put my name against it, um, I'm not a personal brand, you can still use some parts of that to um, augment your email. You can still have a personality outside of just the formal realm. But oh, definitely. Emails like emails are personal. We've, you know, irreg irregularly, I'll be sending emails from our little chimp mascot you can see up there. Uh, his name's Wendell, and I'll send a little email from him every so often, as it were. But, yeah, email is very is a, is still a personal uh, platform, so you need to try and make sure that personality comes in. Cool. So a couple more t things that we've got that we can actually control, and both are actually related to time. So what's the first one that we've got, Vicky? Um, so when, it's, when it comes to time, it's about um, when you send your email. So you have to look at your audience. Um, this is where it gets a bit, you know, it can be a bit awkward if you don't have an audience yet. So you have to test this and try sending in the morning, sending in the evening or afternoon. Try and see, like, look at your open rates at that time or your click rates if, you know, open rates are not becoming a thing anymore. But see how much engagement you get from your email, depending on when you send it. And from then on, you'll have data to go, right, mornings are always better, so I'm going to send to people in the morning. Obviously, this will, it could be afternoon, depending on your target uh, audience. So if your target audience are mums, you might not want to in the morning because they're doing a school run. You might want to go, right, the evening, they're sat down, they've put the kids to bed, they're going to read my emails now. Um, so when you send your email, it's very important for opening. Definitely, definitely. And obviously, again, as we said, this is one of those things that you can and should test. And, and, and it's almost, again, I see questions in the Facebook group along the lines of, when's the best time to send an email? And <laughs> It's like, well... There isn't a best time that applies to everyone. Everyone's business is different. If you're in a business to business, like you're saying, compared to a, a business to consumer, so, you know, speaking to mums, me as a business person, I'm looking at my emails at different times compared to the time that, you know, kind of like a mum who's not interested in that side of things. So, so you need to test and you need to learn about your audience. And one of the things that MailChimp can do as well, and this is quite cool, is that it will look at your previous campaigns if you're on a paid account and it will actually send those emails based on when it believes is the best time for you to actually send. So you then don't even have to kind of like check it. It will look at your previous campaigns, look at when they've opened and will then basically do it for you. So you know it does the heavy lifting for you. So, yeah, time matters. And time just doesn't matter from a kind of like from a linear concept, as it were, kind of like the time of day or night and, and, and a particular day. It also matters kind of like when you send it, 
based on what has happened prior to that email. So let me kind of like explain. So say someone has gone to your website and signed up for your emails, okay? They are expecting an email from you. They've just signed up. So if you send them an email straight away after they've signed up, they are more likely to open it because they've just taken an action and you're responding to that action. This is why welcome emails are so important. Welcome emails traditionally get seven times as many clicks and four times as many opens as any other email that you're going to send. And on that basis, the reason, well, kind of when you look at it, why is that? It's because of the fact it's associated in most instances with someone taking an action. So, you know, one of the things I recommend to a lot of people is when you've got a sign-up form, don't just have a sign-up form and then when they complete it, it's got a little text saying you are subscribed. When they've clicked on the sign-up form and they click subscribe or submit or whatever, they get sent to a thank you page. And in the thank you page, it actually says, look out for an email for us shortly to welcome you to our business, our brand or whatever. And it's like, well, you're telling them to expect an email. That's going to mean they're more likely to open it. So when we talk about time, it's not just about time as in time of day. It's about time as in the, where your relationship with your customer is and where they are on a, on, a, on a customer pathway, as it were. And if they're expecting an email because they've just done something, they are more likely to open it. It's like, you know, when I, when I order something from Amazon, they send me an email straight away saying, here's your order confirmed. I'm expecting that email. I open it, check, yep, that's fine. That email is automatically more likely to be opened because it's expected. And I think that is something that a lot of people miss out on is the whole concept of understanding that if they can tie it to a specific action that the person who signed up has taken, you're much more likely to get the open. Okay, so... With all that in mind, those are kind of like the tools that you've got available fundamentally. All right. So what we're going to do now is we're going to actually go through it. We're going to each give up. We're going to rank those things in order of which we think is the most important from bottom to top, bottom to top. OK, so from the subject line, preview line, name, stroke, reputation, time of send or reason of sending, which of those is the one that you think is the least important, Vicky? The number five. Oh, that's a harsh one. The least important. Ah, uh, I like a preview line. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm torn. I've got four. I've got four and five. Mm -hmm. that's very close for me. I've got time. I've got preview line. But for me, the fifth one is actually time of send. I think at times we get a bit too bogged down with time of send. Uh, but again, that's just personal view, as it were. I think, you know, kind of like I agree preview. So for me, time of send is the fifth and then preview line for me is definitely the number number four, the fourth in, most important. So where are you on the fourth? Um, fourth, I would have gone. I'm torn between time of send and reason for sending, because sometimes <laughs> for transactional emails, I might not. Open, I know it's, I know it's an invoice or a receipt. I mean, I don't need to open that email. Um, but yes, I'm torn between those two. So I might yeah. go for time. Time of okay. send. So 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 we've gone. So your 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 worst is preview line, then time of send, and then reason for sending. I guess is your mm -hmm. your your third. I'm yeah. I'm pretty much exactly the same. Although, like I said, for me, time of send and preview line those are slightly yeah. less important. So that leaves us with two left. So so you've got so so subject line and name protection. I say so. What goes into number two for you, Vicky? Name and reputation is number two for me. And subject line number one. 
Yeah. Cool. I'm the other way. <laughs> uh, that's it. Yeah, I think subject lines are important, but I, I think maybe I'm just rebelling because I've seen so many, too many marketing <laughs> articles saying 101 best email subject lines. And it's like, yeah, but the fact of the matter is you can have the best subject line in the world. But if the last five emails you send to someone are a complete useless waste of time, it doesn't matter how good that subject line is. You're going to mm -hmm. look at the name and go, oh, they, they, their emails are really, really boring. I'm not interested anymore, as it were. So um, I don't know. I mean, this is the joy of this is we've all, we've all got our own views. Yes. Uh, and, and hopefully from this discussion, you've got a good feel for kind of like where you're, you're going on. So any last thoughts on getting an email open, Vicky? For me, we're spe speaking of things that are, your, are pet peeves, misleading subject lines are the worst, just the worst thing that you could ever do. So not like, I don't mind cu um, curiosity. So, you know, leaving someone hanging, that's fine. But it's when people put things like re colon or forward colon, implying that they're replying to an email that you've sent, that is irritating. I open and unsubscribe at, like, on purpose. And sometimes I go back and go, no, I got an email the other week that had urgent in the title. It wasn't urgent. It was a promotional email. I, I, I went, <laughs> I reacted a bit, a bit over the top, but I did tell them in no, <laughs> in no certain terms that the marketing email was not urgent. So if you're going to go for, um, for trying to pique people's interest, that's fine, but do not mislead people in your subject line. Because as long as when you get opened, you'll get unsubscribes and you don't want that. So. <laughs> couldn't agree more that yeah it, it's kind of like you know it's like getting it it's like me sending you a box which has got on the outside lots of cake inside and then you open it up and there's no cake <laughs> now you're not going to be happy about that are you oh no no <laughs> uh, so yes yeah, so you've got to remember when you're sending an email you are literally almost sending someone a package and the label on the outside is getting them to open that package if what's inside the package doesn't correspond to what's on the outside People are going to be disappointed. They're going to be feel let down and they're more likely to unsubscribe and disengage. So, yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, I think for me, um, I always just come back to you're only as good as your last email. And I think that you've got to remember that this matters. So, yes, yeah, subject lining is important. You know, I was being a bit glib earlier, but it does matter. It's going to get people to open it and your reputation is going to get people to actually open yeah. it. Um, you know, in terms of their experience. And like I said, going back to the first point, you know, I jokingly say, it's like a tree in the forest. If it falls and no one was there to hear it, did it actually make a sound? Well, it's the same with email. If you send an email and no one opens it, did you actually send the email in the first place? You know, it's kind of like, it's that equivalent. So please, 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 when you're looking at your emails, don't, spe I, know, I remember speaking to a copywriter recently and he said, um, he spends as much time drafting and working out what the subject line is going to be for his email as he actually does on what goes on in the email. Because he understands that if the subject line is not good, the email isn't going to get opened. And as a consequence, he's not going to be able to generate anything for it. So I think, again, at times it's very easy for us to just open up an email and start writing the content and not really think about the subject line as much as we should do. So, you know, I've been a little bit down on subject lines, but I'm going to pull it back now and go, actually, subject lines are really important. Uh, yes, because you, your reputation is based on previous emails. For a specific email that you're sending today, you, your reputation's already set, but you can control the subject line. You can control the preview text. And if you're not leveraging those at the most, 
then you know what? You are going to be missing out on opportunities and getting your emails opened. And as you say, mm -hmm. if you get more email open, emails open, so if you get, you know, if your click rate is, you know, kind of like 20% of the people who open your emails and you get another, you know, 10, 15, 20 people opening your emails, that's another four or five people who are going to be clicking and going through to your thing, which is going to mm -hmm. increase the potential for people to take the next step in your journey. So, Please don't underestimate the open. It really matters a lot. And it's, it's a small step, but if you follow these things that we've talked about today, they're going to give you a slightly better chance of getting your emails opened. And that's all you can do. Stack the odds in your favor, follow these principles, and your emails are more likely to be opened. Cool. So as we are live, I will always ask the question to see if anyone is out there who's actually listening or watching at the moment, if there are any questions that you've got about MailChimp that you want to get answered. We'll keep an eye on the chat window to see if anything comes through. But in the meantime, I just want to quickly focus on a question that we regularly get asked in the Facebook group, which came through from Randy earlier this week. And he basically has having some issue with credit card. He wanted to change his credit card or whatever. But fundamentally, he wanted to get in touch with MailChimp. And I just thought it'd be briefly a good idea just to cover off when someone wants to get in touch with MailChimp, how do they actually do it or can they do it? So what do you reckon, Vicky? What are the things that kind of like if someone says to you, I need, need to speak to MailChimp, what do you say to them? Um, I'll first I'll ask them, do you have a paid or free account? Um, so And also it depends on the issue. So if it's to do with billing or an account issue, you go a different way to if it's just a general, I've got questions about how something works. So if it's something billing, then there, there's a billing email address you can yeah. use. If you've got account issues, which which no one else can help with really, there's an account recovery email you can use as well, and there's a compliance one as well. Um, if it's a specific type of issue where they've shut down your account, for example, um, so there are email addresses you can use for specific issues like billing and account issues. But if you're in a free account, you will have no recourse to any um, help through those channels. But they are on social media and they respond quite well actually on Twitter, yeah. definitely definitely I know that one. So they're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So if you contact them via one of those routes, you're more likely to get a response and your issues will be resolved that way. So even if you're on a free plan, there's still hope for you. Definitely. And, and this is the key thing is that it's if you're on a paid account, obviously, and you're logged into your account, use the chat. Yeah. You're, if you can't get into your account or they've got rest specific questions, there's three email addresses. We've just put the link into the uh, feed. We've got a little article on the web, Chimp Answers website. So if you go to chimpanswers.com, contacting hyphen MailChimp, it will tell you all of these options. So there's a billing at MailChimp.com. There's an account recovery at MailChimp.com. There's a compliance at MailChimp.com. So you can email those things. But if you want a free account, the quickest and probably best way of getting hold of MailChimp is to, how shall I say, um, delicately kick up a fuss on social media <laughs> or talk to someone, yes. basically reach out on social media. Because yeah. remember, MailChimp, want, they don't want unhappy people. They don't want unhappy customers. So they want to help you. So if you do go to those social media channels uh, and say, look, I'm having trouble logging in or whatever, then usually someone will come back to you relatively quickly yeah. and point you in the right direction. So I know we answered and gave the link to Randy in the actual uh, Facebook group when he was there. But if any of you out there are trying to get hold of uh, MailChimp directly, that's probably the best route in terms of going through is, is either just go direct or, like I said, go and visit our chimpanzas.com contacting MailChimp webpage, and that'll have all the best ways that you can go through to get through to MailChimp. Cool. Right. So 
Let's have a look at what's going on in the world of email and anything that we've read in the last week. Because we always like to keep ourselves up to date on what's going on. Um, so, Vicky, I know we're all banging on about Apple and, and the iOS update. <laughs> and I've seen an article and I'll share and I'll, I'll share this link to anyone. But have you seen or read anything this week that you thought would be worthwhile pointing out to someone and, uh, and, and a good link that we can put into the show notes so that people can actually see these, uh, learn a little bit more? Um. I did get something in an email, I'll have to dig it out, but it was about, because it's halfway through the year and usually at the beginning of the year, people do um, these predictions of where they think email marketing is going to go this year, what's the, the new trend for um, 2021. And one of those was about um, using video in emails to um, per, to um, personalize emails. And um, so that was one of the things I read today was just trying to re, um, review how that's been going on throughout the year. And I must say, I do find it quite interesting in trying to use video in an email because obviously, unless you have a small user base, you can't really send in personal videos to every person on your list. So there's still a, an element of bulk marketing in there. But yes, it's quite interesting, a different way to um, to um, relate to people, to sort of reach people that's not just tech. So it, and there are lots of people that like video and we're doing one now. So people are going to watch it so yes if you're thinking of new ways of engaging your list look into video marketing there, there, there are lots of tools out there that integrate with mailchimp that let you do that i think there's bonjour and another one that they use um so that's what i read this week yeah interesting that's really interesting i'll have to i'll have to i'll have, you'll have to send that link over to me because that sounds yeah. really quite interesting actually and uh, and yeah i mean we know i mean all right there's always there's always going to be a challenge of putting videos into emails because most email programs won't play the video natively yeah. what you're actually doing is you're putting an image in the video in in the email which mm -hmm. when they click on it will take them through to a particular video um, but yeah, I think personalized videos where obviously, you know, a lot of us are familiar, say, with personalized imagery in an email. So you get an email and you get a ticket image on the front and it says, here's your ticket and then uses a merge tag to substitute their first name in. Mm. Actually doing that within an animation or for a video, that's going to be really powerful. And that's obviously mm. going to be something that's going to, you know, kind of like. Uh, call out so yeah that's definitely a trend that's going to be something and like i said there at some point in the future you know email programs may actually get to the point where you can actually play videos in emails which will be really interesting to see as well yeah. so definitely some to look at um for me i am getting bogged down in apple as it were and just kind of like it's one of those things because it's such a fundamental <laughs> into the marketplace and i you know i just find it really interesting all the various discussions uh, and obviously, you're always going to find, you know, so I found a particular article that was recommended to me, uh, which was uh, talking about, you know, kind of like giving a very measured view uh, of email marketing and how email marketing is potentially going to change and why this actually is kind of like almost a shake-up call for the email marketing industry as a whole. So we obviously mentioned previously Apple coming in, basically tracking opens is going to be nigh on impossible through Apple from what I can tell. And they're even saying there's a possibility that Google will actually do the same thing as well in terms of mm -hmm. if you're using a Gmail business account, again, you're going to have trouble tracking that information through. 
And we've already mentioned, you know, previously that open rates uh, can be a little bit unreliable when it comes to how, you know, the information that you're getting from them. But this article was talking about how this is, you know, kind of like it's an opportunity for marketers to actually reset and start focusing on results. Start focusing on the click-throughs, the traffic that email drives, and, and obviously focusing on the revenue that those emails, if you're in e-commerce, those revenue that they're actually driving. And it was just, I think it was a nice, interesting over overview of, of, of again, lots of marketers jumping up and down and go, whoa, the sky's falling in, we can't do email marketing anymore. And then suddenly with a little bit more of a measured approach going, all right, okay, let's, you know, it's not going to make, it's not making our life easy, but for those people who actually know what they're doing and actually understand it, there are lots of opportunities that people should actually take, lots of opportunities to continue to do and use email marketing. And email marketing is still an incredibly powerful and effective tool. If it wasn't, we wouldn't be here chatting about it. So just bear that in mind. Things ain't going to get changed, okay? So wrapping up. So, Vicky, any last thoughts on today's chat about open, getting the open, as it were? So one thing that you, if there's one thing, Nugget, that you want people to go away and think about, what was it? Um, it would be to, oh, that's, I was going to say subject lines, but I feel like we've half done about that for so long now. <laughs> it's important. Um, but, yeah, it, it would be to um, think about your subject lines, but not from your point of view, but from your audience's point of view. What will get them open? And just think about when you're emailing a friend, you don't go, hi, or you don't go, here's my top five tips on this. You try, you change it a bit and make it relatable. So think about the subject line, just give it some thought. And if it helps, write your email first, and then you might get ideas for, for, for your subject line from that. Definitely. That's a great tip, that writing your email first and then going back and doing the subject line. Yeah. Don't do what I did once, though, which was write my email put TBA in the subject line and then forget to actually change it and send it. But you really, you want to know the funny thing? Yeah. I had the best, opens. It got opens. <laughs> it was one of the best open rate emails yeah. I ever sent. So yeah. I, I joke, this is where probably my, my kind of like my view of subject lines might be slightly coloured in the fact that I literally put TBA as in to be arranged <laughs> down the line, wrote the email oh got distracted, came back and got, oh, I can send that email now, sent it, and it had a fantastic open rate. So, but obviously people were, people were kind of like curious against TBA. That's a strange subject line, as it were. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and, and I'm, you know, and I'm sure every, everyone's seen those emails that have come through when someone's actually made a mistake and sent an email that's not fully written or written. We all do those from time to time, you know, human error, as it were. But I, I think... Is that subject line here? Oh, to oh, to totally. So I think, yeah, yeah. If you want to, if you actually want to, you know, joking apart, if you actually did that, it'd be really yeah. interesting to test that. And actually, I think the one thing I would suggest that people go away from, if there is one thing they would do to go away, is to test. You know, we're talking mm -hmm. here. The fact of the matter is that whether you use blind subject lines or direct subject lines and different preview texts and other bits of all the things we talked about are all things that you can test. OK, now we've already said that we you know, said that open rates can be a bit misleading. But generally speaking, if you compare two or three specific things, you know what? you're likely to get some instant in some in some insight into your audience and what they're going to do to actually get the open mail. So there's one thing I'd love you all to take away from this is make sure that when you're writing your emails, especially if you're doing broadcast campaigns, it's slightly hard to do it with automations. But if you're just doing your regular weekly, monthly newsletters, as it were, 
just spend a couple of months and every time you send that campaign, don't just send a normal campaign, send an A, B test campaign because the information that you'll get back from it will be very, very valuable and it will improve your marketing down the track. Okay? Yeah. Brilliant. So, thanks as ever for your contributions, Vicky. Lovely to see you again and I'll see if I can persuade you to come back next week. I know that cake always works as a bribe, doesn't it? <laughs> Always, uh, always, always, always. Uh, and everyone remember that you can always catch up on previous episodes of this yeah. on Facebook, on YouTube, or on whatever platform you get your podcasts from. We're, they're all going to be there, previous episodes. Please go and tap into them. There's lots of really, really useful stuff. This is the fifth one now, so we've got like nearly three hours worth of content, which is really, really good quality stuff. So go and check that as well. And we're not stopping there. We'll be back next week. We're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, uh, a concept that I came up with a couple of years ago and now I use all the time. And that's the concept of email zombies. And we're going to talk about what an email zombie is, why they're a problem and what you do, for, what you need to do with them moving forward. And my view has actually changed over the last few months in terms of what you do with your zombies. So if you've been on one of my trainings previously where I've talked about it, then please tune in because slightly different viewpoint now from I've learned a little bit more about the impact of them. So please make sure you tune in for that. But for now, thanks for watching or listening wherever you are. We'll catch up with you again next time. And always remember that always be chimping. Take care, guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. And if you found this podcast really helpful, then here's what you can do next to broaden your understanding of MailChimp. You can join our free Facebook group. It's the biggest MailChimp support group in the world. Just search MailChimp Answers on Facebook. You can take our free MailChimp Medical to find out the health of your MailChimp account and what you can do to improve it. Just visit chimpanzas.com and follow the prompts. And of course you can get in touch with us if you like one-to-one -one support, advice, tips or whatever. Just visit chimpanzas.com which also has got one of the largest resources of MailChimp blogs and advice available out there to get the information that you need. Thanks again and we'll see you very soon.